Now, okay. Basically, this is going to be questions about me, the bakery, the sauce. Talking over the phone isn't easy for Mrs. Amagetti anymore, so we made arrangements yeah. to do the interview at her home from a safe social distance. You know, I don't get to talk to someone who's 92 all that often, so I think you could teach me oh, a I'm thing proud or two. of my age. You should be. <laughs> when I arrived, she was going through the results of a test she'd just gotten back, a DNA test, one of those that tells you about your heritage and your ancestors' nationalities. Good afternoon. My name is Marjorie Amagetti. She's mostly English, it turns out, Scandinavian, Irish, Jewish. And um, I'm just happy to be alive and thank God for every moment. But the blood that runs through Marge Amagetti, whose name would be on the shortlist if they ever put a walk of fame on the hill, is absolutely 0% Italian. I always tell people that I'm a country bumpkin. Still, after decades of giving the neighborhood her all, it's safe to say her heart beats with an Italian accent. I'm like Tony Bennett. He left his heart in San Francisco. I left my heart on the hill. Today on Abby Eats St. Louis, meet Mrs. Amagetti. Like that Amagetti's. How the strong-willed woman invented what's long been called the St. Louis signature sandwich. Boy, did I dream big on the sandwiches. <laughs> How love became as much a part of her business strategy as her recipes and what she says about the state of the restaurant today. I just know in my heart there's going to be another Amagetti Bakery on the hill. Then, of course, food news and your weekend planner. Manja. Marge was born near Bloomington, Illinois. When she outgrew the small country town, as she describes it, Marge bucked the trend of heading north to Chicago and instead made her way to St. Louis. Before she became Mrs. Amagetti, she became Mr. Amagetti's bookkeeper. You see, Louis Amagetti, Jr., as he was often called, was great at baking bread, but not so much at keeping track of the dough. She stuck around even as a series of financial and personal hits meant Junior was not quite sure he could go it alone anymore. And he says, I need a right arm. And I looked at him, I said, this is a proposal. <laughs> and so I did it. I accepted. And that's how it all became. And I worked hard for him, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the bakery life. I enjoyed the hill. And... Uh, we had our ups and downs just like any other couple, but that's the way it started. This was in the early 70s. Marge married into what was one of the most storied bakeries in the neighborhood where excellent handmade Italian provisions weren't exactly hard to come by. Amagetti's Bakery was established in 1916 by Luigi Amagetti, who'd immigrated to the neighborhood just three years earlier from northern Italy and began going by Lewis. He had a son named Louis, Jr., who took over the family business in the 50s, working 15-hour days in the bakery, turning bread in a brick oven, hundreds of loaves a day. Enter Marge, who began turning Amagetti's into a full-fledged restaurant. How I started with the sandwiches, I knew that we couldn't live on the money from just bread alone. Literally. <laughs> and so I went to Kuna Meat, and um, I asked Don Beppin of Kunamit to give me a crash course on how to use a slicer. And I started out with uh, cold sandwiches, pickle loaf and bologna and all that stuff, okay? <laughs> and then one day I decided, well, I'm going to buy a roast. And I'm going to take my electric skillet down to the bakery. And I said, here, honey, I said, would you 
cook me this roast. He says, what are you going to do with it? I says, well, you're going to slice and I'm going to sell beef sandwiches. And he just shook his head. But he did exactly, and I said, I want a real nice brown gravy. And he was an excellent cook besides a baker. So I started my sandwiches that way. And then one day I thought, I can do a little bit better. So I went up to the market, Gigor's, and I got my ham and beef and salami that I wanted. And uh, then I started mixing up my ingredients. And it took me eight months. And he kept, why are you down here this early? And I said, because I'm going to develop a sandwich and I'm going to call it Amagetti Sandwich, Amagetti Special. Oh, no, don't name it after us. I said, they're going to get up saying Amagetti's. They're going to bed saying Amagetti's. And they'll be wanting an Amagetti Special. <laughs> and I said, I'll bring bringing the world to our feet. <laughs> you just did a sign of the cross. I have a little bit of philosophy that I follow. It's trusting God. Believe in yourself, and you dare to dream. And boy, did I dream big on the sandwiches. <laughs> because indeed, the world came to their feet. A guest book from the bakery shows dignitary signatures from the other side of the world. Marge was featured in news articles and programs in celebration of her sandwich nationally. On the street, she was stopped for autographs. People knew her face, not just from behind the counter at the shop, but from the ads she'd taken out on all the city's busiest bus lines. She was the first to do so in the St. Louis area. The sandwich sounds simple enough. Amagetti's fresh-made Italian bread with cheese, lettuce, tomatoes, pickles, onions, pepperoncini, ham, roast beef, and salami. But what makes it so special, so craveable, what had me literally licking my freshly hand-sanitized fingers, is the sauce. It's thick like mayo, sweet like Italian dressing, and exactly as Marge likes it. You, you spent months, you said, working on the sandwich. How did you know when you got it right? By the taste, I guess. Yeah? That simple? I, I just guessed, you know, and I was bound determined. It had to be a perfect combination with the bread and the sauce and... Yes, and the children loved it. The Amagetti special is still the top item on the menu at Amagetti's, now on Manchester Road between Rock Hill and Brentwood. If it's been a while since you've sunk your teeth into one, you might first associate Amagetti's with some ownership drama you read about in the news last year. Essentially, it came down to a disagreement between the guy who'd bought the Amagetti's location on the hill and the guy who'd bought the rights to the Amagetti company and its other location. Now the spot on the hill is closed. The guy who owns Amagetti's is Anthony Favaza. Marge insists on calling him Tony. He says she's the only person in the world who does so. The two are close, with Anthony regularly seeking Marge's blessing on business decisions, making sure she's still involved, always celebrating the place's history, even in new menus. And now, for the first time, getting that special signature sauce, along with their salad dressings, into bottles that can be shipped around the country. As we talked, Marge alternated between looking over at Anthony, who was there for the interview, and the bottles of her sauce on her kitchen table. I'm so proud of him. He's a very industrious person himself, a good person, comes from a good family, and many times I've told him that I'm proud of him, and I am. And, but it's just, I'm very proud of this. 
very proud. What do you think your husband would think about seeing this? Oh, he'd be thrilled to death. Louis Amagetti Jr. passed away in 2001. Marge, though, still lights up when she talks about the guy who gave her her Italian last name. Now, with the ingredients on the label, it's not really hidden what's in the special sauce. But after spending an afternoon with its creator, I've got to believe the secret ingredient is love. In fact, I saved a marriage once. Oh, tell me about this. His name was Gary. (laughs) And he came in and he said, Mrs. Amagetti, I need a favor. He says, uh, and I was selling beer and wine at the time. And he said, um, I have, I'm going to take my wife for a picnic. And he says, I owe her a big apology. And he says, so I want you to fix me up a lunch basket. And I says, but I says, after I fix up the food, I says, you stop at 7-Eleven and you get a single rose and put it in a vase. I says, nothing warms a woman's heart rather than one rose. And so he followed my instructions and he came back and he said, she's going back to church and everything's fine. Good. <laughs> yeah. So then there was people that would come in. There was six couples and they come in and they look around and I said, well, if you would like her, go just tell her that you like, sit with her, have lunch with her. So six couples said that. A girl would come in, I said, oh, you like him? I said, well, just go ask him if you can sit with him. And I says, uh, who knows where to go? And all six couples got married. No. Well, love makes the world go round after all. <laughs> mentioned there I don't get to talk to people in their 90s very often and I was so pleasantly surprised by what a character she is and I was even more pleasantly surprised by the Amagetti special sandwich Anthony Favaza provided for me after that interview it was a delicious lunch so thanks to them and thanks to Anthony Favaza for helping set up that interview Dory Olmos the wonderful fabulous always distant Dory almost <laughs> is here with me via Zoom right now. Dory, what would you think about putting potato chips on an Amagetti special? Do you think that would be an improvement? <laughs> Absolutely. I think obviously it's perfect on its own, mm-hmm. but I'm always down for adding some crunch factor to my uh, sandwich. We'd call it, we could call it the Dory almost special. There you go. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> um, speaking of things that Dory almost is great at, compiling news and food news is one of those things. And we have a couple things to be talking about here. Yeah, so right off the top, some big news from earlier this week. Gorilla Street Food announced two more closures. They immediately closed the Del Mar and Second Shift Brewing locations. So that leaves the Webster Grove spot and their food truck. Um, they said that they will be taking the opportunity to go back to their roots with Gorilla Street Food, focusing on locally sourced, handmade Filipino-American food. Yeah, this is a follow-up to the fact that they closed their Tower Grove location earlier this year as well. Um, This has been part of the plan. As soon as they were able to kind of get out of that lease with Del Mar, um, the second shift situation wasn't sustainable for them anymore. And this has kind of long been the plan. So it'd be 
Um, it wouldn't necessarily be the right thing to include this as like a COVID closure, for example, mm-hmm. but this has just kind of been part of their plan for now. Um, and I'm excited. I reached out to them earlier this week um, and just made sure that they knew that we are in full support of them um, as you know one of St. Louis's first food trucks and getting back on the road is great news for that. So wishing them luck for the fact that they're not fully closed. Gorilla Street Food is still alive and well, just in different locations now. So visit them in Webster Groves or at their food truck. Yep. And they're shifting focus a little bit there, but all the best to them. Um, so I know that story hit you pretty hard. Yeah. This next one hit me hard uh, just last week. Cusinelli's in South County announced they were closing. They closed over the weekend. It's an Italian family restaurant that has been around since 1954. Part of that building dates back to the 1800s. Um, They said that they were closing due to COVID and unforeseen circumstances. I grew up, this is in Lime. I grew up in Lime and I have passed by that building countless times. So that's a big hit to that community. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's unfortunate to see, you know, like maybe if you were having a, well, Gorilla Street may have been planning this if things were already a little bit tough and then this coronavirus pushes you over the edge um, with something like that. And I think those mom and pop style Italian family places being around the St. Louis area, are what makes St. Louis so fun and cozy. And it's unfortunate to lose one like that. And I'm sorry that it's one that you were close with growing up door. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, like you said, just kind of have to really get out there and support our local places that we do love while we can, you know? Absolutely. And if you are planning on going out over on the Illinois side, there are a few things we want to make sure you know about. Yes. So restrictions are tightening again in the Metro East. This is effective right now. This involves bars, restaurants, and social gatherings due to the rise in the COVID positivity rate. Dining rooms and indoor service shut down again. Outdoor service has to stop by 11 p.m. All gatherings are limited to either 25 guests or 25% of the capacity, whichever is lower. So that would include your weddings or any other big events that are planned. Yeah. No more party buses and gaming and casinos have to close by 11 and they too have to follow that 25% capacity. That's probably a big hit. I mean, party buses seem like covid mobiles at this point you know what i mean but like when you think about it i've seen people still being on party buses and taking them and when you head over um to the illinois side that's a pretty popular thing to do and so just a reminder also to be um be conscious of the local community's rules um you don't have to stay close to home right now but if you want to go venture out make sure you know what the rules are and restrictions and be respectful of those wherever you wind up going yes for sure um And also looking ahead a little bit, we've got a few event updates to let everybody know about. Three things that you should know. Urban Chestnut Brewing Company's Oktoberfest is still on. It's going to be four days in September and October. They're going to allow up to 17 small groups of people that range from four to eight in each group. Tables are going to be spaced out. Reservations are required. It's like the event, but they're calling it their light version. Mm-hmm. So they'll still have music, German food, obviously beer. This is intriguing to me. I hope that, um, I wonder how quickly it's going to sell out. I was wondering that too. Um, so they just announced it Tuesday, if you're listening, just this past Tuesday. I imagine there'll still be some availability, but if you're at all interested and seriously thinking about going, you'd probably want to act fast. Another 
popular event is still on as well. Yes, Taste of Ferguson. It's happening next Sunday, September 13th. This is going to be a drive-through to go food style thing. They've got a bunch of different sampler boxes that you can buy tickets for. So you'll buy those tickets and then you sort of pull up in line and you'll pick up your food. You can get those online or at the event itself. But Taste of Ferguson still on for next Sunday. Um, I love the drive-through part of it. I know. I thought it sounds very organized, the whole thing. So you can kind of pick and choose the different places that you want to sample out there in Ferguson. Cool. Um, Something that is not happening, though, is the queue in the loo. This was set for next weekend at Keener Plaza. They said there's just no way they can do it safely. You just said Plaza, very St. Louis-y, by the way. How did I say it? <laughs> you said pla- plaza. plaza. Um, Party bar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I, uh, that doesn't surprise me, honestly, because um, Q and the Lou is such a packed-in event. And then also, frankly, part of that is the barbecue community coming together and throwing all their pits together like that. And just, I'm going to miss the smell of barbecue wafting from downtown, but I think they made the right decision. Uh, yeah. The smell of barbecue is going to be flowing a little more strongly, though, over in St. Charles, though. Yeah, so this was one of our top stories over the weekend. And the I've never gotten a reply like this on our Instagram account <laughs> story before. Pappy's is adding a second location in St. Peter's. It's going to be opening the end of September or early October in an old Blaze pizza spot near Mid-Rivers Mall. And one thing the owner told me is that the old pizza place left behind their pizza oven. So that could be Mm. a little hint of some things we might see on the menu out there. Mm. Otherwise, it'll be pretty much the same menu. Um, The owner said that heading west to St. Charles County just made sense because he's going where the people are. He said it's basically survival mode right now for restaurants. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of, um, you know, I mean, Sugar Fire opening their locations out there. It, it, it makes sense. And it's a little bit when people are kind of stuck at home and not maybe going downtown or headed to St. Louis County for work like they might have mm-hmm. been before, then yeah, you got to go where the people are. So good luck to them with that new opening. And this one sounds so hilarious and awesome. It might be the most um just interesting. Even the dogs need a drink in 2020, right? <laughs> hell, hell, can I say hell yeah? I'm going to say hell you yeah. You can say hell yeah. I'm not <laughs> editing that. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Bush Beer is coming out with a beer for your dog. It's called Bush Dog Brew. It's not actually beer, okay? So you don't have to worry about that. It is alcohol-free. It's more like a bone broth, and it's going to have corn, celery, basil, mint, uh, turmeric, and ginger Four packs cost $10, but a good part of this is AB is also going to be donating some of the money to Best Friends Animal Society so everybody can enjoy a beer with their dog. Oh my gosh, I love that. If you're wanting to get in on this, they actually already sold out of their first batch, but they said they are working on the next round, so you can sign up to get on a wait list right now. I almost feel like we could cook with that. Right? Like you could make like a delicious roast chicken with, you know, when you put beer can chicken, that kind of sounds good. It does. Yeah. 
I bet Milo could use one of these because you've had him wearing a cone for the past couple of weeks. And so yes, he's probably like, <laughs> he could use a drink, a, a bone brothy drink for sure. <laughs> and we got to talk about chicken nuggets last weekend, which is not something we always get to talk about. Spicy chicken nuggets coming back to McDonald's. I'm very excited about this next one, also involving some spicy chicken. Yeah, our fast food sort of spicy chicken rivalries are heating up again with Shake Shack. They are bringing back their spicy chicken sandwich. And actually, they're adding a lot of other spicy things to their menu. They're going to have spicy chicken bites, um, hot spicy cheese, their normal cheese fries with like a pepper blend sort of dusted on top. I am down for all of this, by that the way. That does sound good. Great. And it's available now at Shake Shack. So you can, if, as soon as you're hearing this, if you're hungry and you want to get it, it can, you can get it right now. Great. I think I might know what I'm going to eat this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dora, what's the best thing you had to eat this week? Well, just kind of like you said last week, uh, my husband and I went out to dinner for the first time since March. Yay! I know. It was, it was really good. We went to Bellwether. Um, we sat up on the rooftop. Everything was really spaced out. It's a really pretty rooftop area they have up there um, in Lafayette Park. So I ended up getting the steak special that they had. Um, I can't remember what kind of steak it was, but it was sitting on top of this like really seasonal salad that had pickled Ooh. blueberries and peaches and a lemon vinaigrette. And they actually fried up some pieces of lettuce too. So it was kind of crunchy too. Wow. That it sounds was, so good. It was really good. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was nice to get out, get a nice hot meal without having a sink full of dishes to do afterward. Yes, absolutely. It's, and it is, you know, I think that these restaurants, a lot of them, especially with these outdoor spaces are getting better. I'm so glad both of us have gotten to experience that at this point now to go yes. and actually sit at a table and speak to a server. And here's your friendly reminder to try to put your mask on when your servers come to your table. It's a very kind thing you can do to keep them safe. Yes. Your sounds, you? Yeah, yours sounds kind of summary. Um, mine's kind of summary as well, actually. I guess we're kind of clinging to uh, – I think you posted recently that you saw some Christmas creamers <laughs> in the grocery store recently. Not yeah. about – yeah, not about that. I also enjoyed something pretty summary. Um, a new addition on the menu at West End Grill and Pub is their shrimp ceviche tacos. <gasps> Oh, they were so good. Oh, my um, gosh. The shell they're in is kind of a wonton crispiness. And, oh, my gosh, just having one, uh, having them late last night at the end of a long work day when I can still be outside in the evenings, I'm mm. clinging to summer as long as I possibly can. Me too. Yes, me too. Even though this weekend is Labor Day weekend, which, oh, my gosh, time. I can't believe it. I can't believe it either. So we are coming to you with some weekend events ahead of that Labor Day weekend. And buckle up because we've got some things that you might want to add to your calendar if maybe your trip for this weekend was canceled um, or you're just looking for something fun to do. So, of course, we want to remind you, first off, uh, Nine Mile Garden has their ongoing big screen screenings. Um, they're actually going to have Cardinals games on the big screen on Saturday and Sunday. And then they're going to have Raiders of the Lost Ark this weekend as well as part of their movie series. That's at 7 p.m. The late summer night stroll through Forest Park is wrapping up this weekend. So if you haven't gotten to check that out yet, this is the last weekend you can do that. And of course, the streeteries in the Central West End is ongoing this weekend as well. 
Yep. And all weekend, you can also check out Schlafly's Art Outside Fair, Art Fair. It's virtual this year. I think we talked about it last week or the week before. 40 plus Mm -hmm. vendors, uh, artists from across the St. Louis region, all represented on their virtual website. So you can support local there. And some things obviously changed because of the pandemic and the Greek festival, the St. Nicholas Greek festival is still happening, but also changed a little bit. They're doing things curbside, but listen up that you are not going to the central West end location. I repeat, you are not going to the central West end location. You're going to want to order online and then you'll pick up curbside from their St. Nicholas family center that is over in West County. So it's a venue change, slightly different, but you can still get your same Greek food you're used to getting every Labor Day weekend. And Labor Day weekend usually means the Japanese festival at the Missouri Botanical Garden. That has been canceled this year. However, the garden is expanding their hours until 7.30 p.m. this Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. I love that. That's a really fun. I I might have to do that this weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, Here's one that I think the name of this event alone sums up what we all try to do in 2020, (laughs) which is Six Feet a Party. It is hosted by Steve's Hot Dogs in Tower Grove East. They're going to be shutting down the street for some socially distanced dining, live music, of course, because this is in the city of St. Louis. Masks will be required, but that is happening on Saturday. You know what would be kind of cool if they had like a six-foot-long hot dog that was out oh. somewhere so that you could know exactly here's how, how much – yeah, how far six feet is. Perfect. <laughs> Get on that. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. Abby Eats St. Louis is a Five on Your Side production. I'm Abby Larico. And I'm Dory Olmos. Special thanks on this episode again to Anthony Favaza and Lost Tables St. Louis for being such a wonderful historical resource for us. Make sure you're subscribed to our podcast. Leave us a rating and review. We want to hear from you guys. You can email us, podcast at ksdk.com. And we love, love, love connecting with you on Instagram. We're at Abby Eats St. Louis. Have a wonderful, safe, and celebratory Labor Day weekend and seize the plate.